Hello, I'm Matt Apple, and today on the Working Tools Podcast, we're going to be discussing the gavel. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our opinions and thoughts are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions, either here on YouTube or on our Facebook page. We'd also appreciate a thumbs up and especially any comments on our videos. And today I have with me very worshipful brother David Colbeth of the Grand Lodge of Washington. Hi, David. Hey, Matt. Thanks for being the hostess with the mostest tonight, the moderator. I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, unfortunately, Connor and uh, and Stephen weren't able to meet us here this evening, but uh, we'll get them back on here shortly. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to the new format, too. and uh, Hopefully this all works out well. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I foresee great things. Yes, for sure, for sure. So, um, we we said we were just going to discuss the gavel today. What's uh, what did what did you think about when you first saw, thought of the gavel as a as a topic? Well, you know, the the gavel, of course. We, we in masonry, you think of this uh, this thing that people hold and that masters hold, uh, or the MC holds to to kind of rule the uh, rule the lodge or to to uh, rule the event or what's happening uh, that's as far as masonry goes and then of course there's gavels all over the place in different legislative bodies and the courts and auctioneers and all kind of stuff that use gavels to control things so I guess I, I think of it kind of as a control initially you know, as, a, as a control thing but mm-hmm. it, was, it was interesting doing some more research on it that there's a lot more behind that so yeah so I guess my and again doing a little bit of research about it my the things I came up with were the, the more or less three types. There's the gavel, like you were talking about, that the, the master and the other officers wield uh, during the ritual and, and run the meeting. Um, there's the common gavel that we talk about in, the, in our ritual as one of the, the symbols of masonry. And then there's the setting mall, which is a sort of loosely interpreted, I suppose, as a gavel, <laughs> but it's a, <coughs> excuse me, a, uh, uh, a hammer-like device. So I threw it in there too. But yeah, it's um. So we, in the installation in in Washington, and for the worshipful master, we hand him the gavel and say, "This is the this is the symbol of your authority in the lodge," and tell him to wield it well. And it's a uh, it is sort of a symbol of, of order and decorum in the lodge, and how we, you know, in reality, nobody has to respect it, but we all do. It's a uh, to keep meetings flowing well and to for the master to run the lodge effectively. Yeah. It was interesting too. I was reading uh, about the gavel of authority. Carl Claudi was did some comments about that in the Short Talk Bulletin in, in November 1930. I saw July in, in 1931, and and he was saying, you know, when that uh, somebody in theory could go and wrestle this device out of the master's hand if he wanted to, I suppose. But it's not just. It's not really the gavel itself. That gives them authority. It's the as you mentioned, the installation. Once the master's installed, he can't be uninstalled. 
and so he can't be ungiven <laughs> the, the authority of the gavel. And so the gavel is actually a symbol, which is what we as Masons talking about. Everything's a symbol to us. And mm-hmm. so a gavel is a perfect example of that. It's, uh, it's a symbol of his authority. Um, and and as you mentioned, whether it's a gavel or a setting mall or uh, the the mallet, I, I do like that idea. The mallet is, is the way the way it was explained or described in there in the research I did. The mallet, of course, is a double ended, more like a more like a regular flat hammer on both sides, and then the setting mall is kind of a round. I wish we probably should figure out how to do graphics here, but <laughs> <laughs> the setting mall is kind of a round base. Uh, with a with a handle usually sits upright, and then the common gavel, as you mentioned, ha- has the point on it or the the chiseled into it on one side, and we use we talk about that to be able to break off the corners of rough stones or or remove devices from our minds and uh, consciences. And so again, there's there's symbols of these tools that the masons used and for different purposes, but uh, they, they mentioned there that the master shouldn't ever be without it. He, he should always have it within reach so that a single blow can bring him back to order. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a fascinating symbol, fascinating symbol. It is, and yeah, for, for those, I suppose, who haven't been to a, a meeting, we uh, the gavel we're referring to, it's a lot like a, an auctioneer's gavel or a gavel you see the 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 um, Speaker of the House of Representatives wielding. It's a, a small hammer with rounded edges that you you bang on the table to, or on the podium rather to, to get the attention of the group. And it's, it's small. Like I said, it's not, I mean, it's not a hammer that you're going to whack somebody with and, and stop them from taking it away from you. It's a, it's a, a tiny little piece of wood. And although I've seen some crazy big ones, but that's <laughs> uh, not the, not what's usually used. Talk, talking about big ones. I, one of the things I was reading in that same short talk bulletin, uh, Claudia was talking about the being a symbol of authority, and it, it, it's not something new. It's it's as old as mythology. You know, Thor, of course, the Scandinavian son of Odin and Freya, he had this miraculous, all-powerful hammer that he used, and you know, and he threw it to do his will. But and he it talks about Thor, like Jove, also controlled thunderbolts. And from the early myth, we associate lightning and thunder, kind of together in the same manner. So the power of lightning, the power of the gavel or the hammer. Uh, it also said that uh, in India, that the god, their god, uh, and I'm probably going to mess this, Parasurama, threw a battle axe over the lands, and that's how he took possession of the lands. He would throw a battle axe as far as he could, and as far as the battle axe could cover, that's the land that they possessed. Kind of yeah. cool. Uh, and then this, in the South Seas, the islanders used use a celt or hammer often they sit in huge size before the chief's dwelling as a symbol of his authority so if you can imagine some dude standing out front with this big huge yeah in my mind uh, the demolay have this massive hammer here in washington it's about this gavel it's about four feet long and uh, <laughs> they use that to open and close their conclaves and so in my mind it's this big huge <laughs> well, very cool yeah yeah it's uh definitely uh, you've seen some crazy ones in rainbow too they have giant well, do they? Yeah. Shakers. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty new to that, so I haven't seen yeah. all. Yeah, there, there aren't twenty of them around because I guess the girls <laughs> don't like to wield them. But yeah, um, there's there's actually I think there's a District 13 huge gavel uh, hammer, huge gavel now. Uh, Sean Sabula's family made one. I think it was his dad or uncle or somebody made one, and it's so big it's got to be 
at least four feet long. Might not be, might be five feet long. It's massive. It's so big that you can't take it from place to place. It doesn't fit. I know Zane when he tried to take it in the back of his car, he's got a little sports coupe, and it wouldn't fit in the back of his sports coupe. <laughs> he couldn't take it to these anyway. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. So, um, in continuing on the the, I guess suppose the next uh, gavel that we talk about frequently in masonry is the the common gavel that, like you said, we use the. Uh, your uh, operative masons used to break the corners off of rough stones they say in the ritual uh, the better to fit them to the builder's use but we uh, use them to, to remove vices from our lives and our, our hearts and, and to improve ourselves and uh, it's well A I always find it amusing that whenever I hear this lecture delivered in lodge there's inevitably some guy standing there holding the you know the symbolic working tools that we have in the lodge and usually the hammer is about you know 10 centimeters long and made of wood and I'm thinking how are we going to break the corners off a rock with, <laughs> with that thing but it, just, it always amuses me yeah um, but yeah it's it's uh, symbolically is is we use to move ourselves from our the rough ashlar that we are coming out of the quarries that's just walking down the streets into being a an improved version of ourselves a, a more a more perfect ashlar I don't know that we ever reach perfection but, but it's I think the only time I've ever heard the idea of the perfect Ashler ever being really used is in, unfortunately, in passing. Once, uh, once a man has passed on, then they they consider him a perfect Ashler. But yeah, there's, I don't I don't know if you've ever if we'd ever would make that in a living form necessarily for sure. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's interesting. One of the I heard years ago, I forget who told me, that the, one of the things about uh, the Ashlers and the gavel uh, and the trowel, actually, to, to skip ahead all sorts of topics, is the, uh, if you think about the the rough Ashler, you know, it's it's big lumpy cube of rock, and you're trying to fit a bunch of these together to form a lodge, right? You're, you're, you're building a building, and you've got these big lumpy rocks. You need a lot of mortar to fill in the spaces in between these rocks to get them to fit together into a building. Whereas if the rocks are smoother, the smoother they are, the more even they are, that you, you use that gavel to make them even, then you use a, need a lot less mortar and a lot less effort to form a cohesive lodge that, again, like you said, never going to be perfect, but the closer we work to, the closer we get to that, the better we fit in with our, our fellow brothers and our fellow men in, in society. Very true. I wonder if you know the idea of uh, again jumping ahead, like you said, that we use the cement of brotherly love and affection to bring those together. So does that mean we don't have to use much brotherly love? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, you spend no, a lot of brotherly love sometimes on you know <laughs> folks that are the outliers, shall we Absolutely. say? Especially uh, as deputy, I bet you have a lot of a lot of brotherly love you you take with you. <laughs> I'm sure I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, and as you mentioned, the gavel, the, you were talking about the shapes and stuff and describing it for, for, for folks. One of the definitions in Mackey talks about that the the gavel, the common gavel, uh, it's actually, the, he thinks it comes from the word, from the German word, uh, Gipfel, uh, meaning a summit or top or peak of uh, idea of a pointed exter- extremity. And so he also talks about being a gavel, like the gavel, gable, excuse me, the gable end of a roof. So if you think about a house and they've got those windows that stick out mm-hmm. and uh, uh, kind of in that shape, and mm-hmm. that's where the, the point of the of the gavel comes from. And so it was interesting. I didn't know about that. I didn't realize it was called, uh, came from the gable 
or gavel end of a house. That's and and that's what they used to. So when we think about the, the other thing I heard was or read was that that's the only time the gavel, the common gavel, is really used, or the term common gavel is used as in the enterprise degree, and then it doesn't really talk about the common gavel so much, or or a lot of times the master's gavel ends up being more of like the mallet version without the pointed chisel. And one theory was that he doesn't need that anymore. He doesn't need, in theory, he's gone through the degrees, he's become a master mason, he's been educated and learned, and now as master of the lodge, he is no longer, doesn't need to break off the superfluities and, and vices of his life. He's actually now in a position to instruct and to teach people how to do that and doesn't need the chisel pointed in anymore. I thought that was interesting. Interesting, yeah. Was mm-hmm. that is that Connor arriving? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I apologize, my computer's dinging here. The other cool thing was. Uh, as I mentioned, that you know, the emblem is a the the uh, gavel is an emblem of power, and it can of course be used for good or for evil or for ill in the hands of the person that uses it. And uh, you know, if if the master wields that gavel with ill will or roughly, it could mean ruin to the lodge. You know it. If he doesn't wield it strong enough, if he wields it weakly, then it could mean failure for the lodge. But if he wields it wisely and in the spirit of brotherly love, I love this quote is again from Short Talk Bulletins from Joseph Fort Newton in October 1925. If wielded wisely and in the spirit of brotherly love, it's a wand of magic and a scepter of goodwill. I'm, I'm, I totally want to memorize this paragraph and somehow slide it into the <laughs> to the installation. Yeah. You know, I don't I, there's only like two guys in the room that would have any idea that I did it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it and it, you know, man, man is tempted and tested by the power as by nothing else. Few are the men able to use it and not abuse it. No man is a master mason or fit to be master of the lodge until he has learned to use the gavel with dignity self-control and gentle skill I thought man if you just you could you could slide that into an installation without even no one even know it <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's definitely the same flavor of language there yeah yeah for sure is so I guess the question that I always try to ask myself when I hear these conversations is how would I apply this to my life so how would you know we talk about the the gavel as a symbol of authority or the common gavel as a, a tool to break off the the vices and superfluities do you ever in your life find yourself thinking, oh, I'm gaveling now? <laughs> is, that a, is, is, it a, is it something you make a conscious effort to use in, in your life? Or? I, don't, I don't know that I use the, the image of the gavel necessarily, although it's interesting to think about that. Uh, I was reading, again, in the Short Talk Bulletin, which is a great resource, that he was talking about coming back from the summertime, coming back to Lodge. You know, there was appropriate timing now. We're in September here and and lodges are just going to be started up again. And so the idea of breaking off apathy and, you know, not wanting to 
get up and go out the door and get your suit on and go back to lodge. Uh, they were talking about those kind of things. And so, yeah, I guess, I, I don't again, I don't know if I use the gavel itself necessarily. I don't think about, oh, I'm going to grab that gavel and break it off, although it's a great symbol. And, and now that we talked about it, maybe I will start using that. But I think masonry in general has taught me to try to 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 stop some of those bad habits for sure mm-hmm. and you know definitely when you're when you're gonna we, we made a commitment to somebody if I if I said like tonight if we said yeah we'll be there and we can't be there for some reason or oh I don't want to be on you know I don't want to take my Sunday night and be there now you know nothing against Connor and Steven they're not able to be here family emergencies and other things that's not why they're here but if we just said ah oh, we'll blow it off and not be here or didn't prepare necessarily mm-hmm. for the show then yeah I, th- I think those kind of things that you, that's the idea of the mental gavel is to try and break off those things like today I took time and studied I, I wouldn't necessarily have studied before researched and and I did earlier in the week as well but uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily have done that I I, I this is this kind of stuff the show has helped me to do more research just like doing memorization work has helped me do research when i when i'm memorizing something i if i don't know a word exactly or i think i know what it is but it's differently used i'll look up the meaning of the word and understand it so it helps me understand what that word is being used for and helps me to memorize the work and same thing with this show is it it causes me to go and do research and uh, you know before i thought what am I? What am I doing this research for? Just to learn this stuff, or what? You know. But now to have a good conversation with somebody, and uh, and and also then you can apply it to your life too. Some as you get more topics, uh, there's more things that can be applied to ourselves. Yeah. So I know. I know. And well, a I totally agree with you about uh, even if it's something you knew, like even if you had read all of Mackie and you had all of it tucked in the back of your brain about the gavel or the cable toe or whatever. The fact that you have to think about it and consider it and and prepare your mind to discuss it applies a little mental discipline there to uh, to your your thought process. Yeah. And so lately, I, luckily, it's below the uh, where my camera ends here. But there's some of me that I wouldn't mind gaveling off down here, and there are some other uh, uh, vices that uh, I've considered in my life of late, and I've been trying to to do a little self improvement, and it's. I can't say that every time I've thought, you know, no, don't go to Starbucks and get the high calorie frappa, whatever, that I don't, you know, I don't know that I've thought to myself, ah, yeah, using that gavel. But, you know, it's it's kind of a, you know, getting those, uh, injecting that temperance and that, that fortitude into your life, it's, it's definitely part of that. It's part of the whole package there of the using the gavel to, to knock these aspects out of your life. Because I know I'm perfect now, so I'm, I've uh, I've finished using it. I'm going to lay it down now. <laughs> but it's it's an important again, like you said, I don't really consciously thought about that as you know I'm ga- using the gavel, but it is an, an aspect of it for sure. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. A lot of the study that I did, there were some comments about using a chisel with a mallet, and I I, I hadn't thought about that. I, I wonder why. Maybe there's maybe there's no topic. Uh, why the chisel isn't one of our working tools? So you'd think that that would be. I know they say that there wasn't sound of metal at, but that was afterwards, right? So at the quarry, in theory, right. there could be metal. So why wouldn't there be chisels involved? I don't know. 
I want to say, and I'm probably going to be wrong when I say this, that uh, there are jurisdictions, I want to say like in Australia maybe, that there are jurisdictions where the chisel is one of the working tools. And, okay. Um, maybe it's not Australia. I know I've heard about somewhere because there's also, there's one that uses the pencil and the, the skirt and other things. So okay. they, there may just be other sets of working tools that we don't have. That, uh, well, that that's great. We'd, we'd, if anybody knows about the chisel or any of the extra working tools, we'd love to have comments on the Facebook page and on the YouTube chat, you know, absolutely comment away and we'll, we could do some more research. We could do always do a follow up video or whatever on that too. So definitely. Yeah. I, you know, I was in, in Mackie. Uh, he, he says that the gavel of the master is also called a Hiram. I had never heard that before. He said, <laughs> because like that architect, it governs the craft and keeps order in the lodge as he did in the temple. That totally made sense. I had never heard of it called a Hiram before, though. It was interesting. I, I neither have I. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. And it makes sense. If you know, it's, again, a symbol. It's a symbol of the person that is ruling over the instruction and whatnot. Mm -hmm. yeah, interesting. So speaking of which, I guess we should at least briefly address the, we discussed that the, the setting mall could be considered a, another type of gavel. The, um, so in, in, in those times, in the building of King Solomon's Temple, it was a big, like you said, it was a big sort of bulbous uh, thing with a handle on the top. And they used it essentially when they put the stone into the mortar, they used it to bang the stone around if it wasn't quite lined up right, to, to move it, to squish it down, to puff the air bubbles out. And also to, if they needed to scooch it a little bit one way or the other, they would whack it with these large wooden mallets to, to nudge the stones around a bit. And uh, I it's one of the symbols of masonry that we discuss in, in the degrees, but we might need to leave it there <laughs> as far as uh, why it is and what it is and how, what it symbolizes. I don't know that that's a conversation that we're willing to have on the air. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, other than other than in that particular degree, I don't know that the setting mall gets talked about. I don't remember it from any of our ritual necessarily or any other degrees or any other spots, but it's interesting how some masters choose to have a setting mall versus... Mm -hmm. A mallet versus the actual common gavel again with the chiseled end on it. Uh, it's kind of fascinating, and again, I hadn't really thought about it that they had so many different uh, different uh, theories behind what each of them meant or how they what they're symbolized. Mm -hmm. It's kind of fun. And actually, there was a guy who was master in our district. Uh, I think at the same time I was, who had who did that. He was from Scotland, and he apparently his relatives from Scotland got it for him. It was a that was what he used for a. A gavel. It was. It wasn't quite the bulbous shape that that I think of when I think of it. It was more um, cylindrical, but it was still clearly not the one we are used to. That like a little hammer. Yeah. Well, one of the like other things that we gotta figure out how to get pictures up here so we can. Yeah, yeah. We can. We can probably post something in the again in the Facebook chat or whatever. We could post on some images of different gavels and things so people can have an idea. Sure. Yeah. One of the things that, that uh, was interesting to me, too, and again, in, in the Short Talk Bulletin, uh, Carl Claudi, again, in 1924, was talking about the giving courtesies or giving honor, essentially, to the gavel and, and to the master. You know, he's, he's, the master is all-powerful. In, in our jurisdiction, I think at any any lodge, the master is all-powerful. He can, he can refuse any motion or put any motion. He can rule any brother out of order or any subject. And he can say what he wants. He can, or what he won't. Uh, he mm -hmm. can, and he can permit what he wants to be discussed or not discussed. 
And, you know, if someone thinks he's not been fair or arbitrary or just, he can, of course, has re- they have redress and they can go to the Grand Lodge and they can be appealed. But in the Lodge, the gavel is the MO of authority and it is supreme. And when the brothers drop down, he should be, uh, he should at once obey without further discussion, period. And he said, you know, it's very bad manners to do otherwise. And indeed, it's close to lying between not only being bad manners, but also a Masonic offense, which I thought was, I hadn't, I don't think I've ever really heard that before that, you know, not listening to the gavel is almost a Masonic offense. If, if the master raps and you don't come to attention, essentially. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. And, and that's uh, the difference between uh, going to refreshment and going off session in our jurisdictions. There's a unique status called off session. And then also at, uh, what's not, that's not at ease. It's a, uh, I'm drawing a blank, Matt. Uh, or is it is it a ease? There's not an ease. There's a There's, oh um yes. Freedom from restraint. Free from restraint. There you go. Yeah, and, and I remember in the code it talks about being free from restraint. You must be able to come to attention with a single rap of the gavel. And so again, there's that the authority of that gavel is you're not you're not really supposed to get up and move around. That's what educate. So with a single rap, your attention should go right back to the master. Yep. Yeah, and it's a like we said, it's a it's a powerful tool, but a tool with no actual power. It's all symbolic. You know, it's the master wrapping his gallop. Somebody to stand up and walk away. There's nothing physically stopping them from doing that. It's all the the society in which we live and the the band of of with brotherhood brotherhood that we're trying to evince that is is uh, keeping those people from obeying this this little piece of wood that, that somebody is waving around. Yeah, exactly. I don't know in our, which actually makes me think in our jurisdiction too. It is common to see the when like the junior deacon or senior deacon report to the master to see the the master to wave his gavel as a to tell him to move on and, and go back about you know go to where he's back to his station or whatever. Right? Yeah. I hadn't really considered that until just now as a another power that the gavel has that is not a. Yeah, so I was, some of the stuff I was reading, I didn't take notes on it, but I remember talking about that, that, well, the master, we focus a lot of attention on the master and his gavel and the use of it. But as you said, he can essentially wield, uh, not wield, he can, he can uh, give authority to somebody else, and he does that through the ritual. He gives the authority to the senior warden or the junior warden as needed. And or I remember talking about how, of course, we know that he can invite anybody he wants to the east and give them, honor them with a gavel and but I, I read and I hadn't thought about it, that he shouldn't actually leave the east he should always be within reach of that gavel so that he can then take authority and use its power so to speak to bring attention back as needed and so while he might give that temporary authority to somebody else he shouldn't ever go without arm's reach of it no, no that makes perfect sense yeah yeah well, oh, cool. this, this is a great topic. This is a great topic. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this thoroughly. We have to have to read some more about it. <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. So, yeah, thanks a lot, David. And uh, do you have any other closing thoughts about? Uh, not, not necessarily on this. I, as you, as we talked about, I alluded to in the beginning. This is kind of a new format, so I think we're going to uh, end this this one here. We're going to try and keep them under thirty minutes, or right at about thirty minutes, unless it's a great topic. If it is, then and we can't just not stop talking about it, then uh, we'll probably break it into a couple parts, and so it'll be a part one, part two, but uh, I think we've hammered this one, so to speak. Oh. 
I, I think we definitely need to end this podcast. So thank you all for coming out, and I apologize for that last joke. And we look forward to seeing you next time on The Working Tools. <laughs>